Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of The Multiverse Report. We are recapping the week's nerdy news from the Baxter Building to 1930s New York and everywhere in between. My name is Mike Gibson. With me as always, Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? Well, it's Super Bowl Sunday, so that means we got a bunch of trailers on things. And if you didn't see or didn't right. hear our review on the Flash trailer, uh, feel free to check out, well, what just happened about five and a half minutes ago in real yeah. time, but probably showed up significantly before that in your podcast feeds. Yes, check out your... Um, we exported this uh, week's edition of Flash Watch, de-deet, 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 and uh, into its own episode as we talk about the new trailer, a first official trailer, or The Flash. Um, I liked it quite a bit. Steve was a little wary of it, but you can listen to that episode to uh, find out the details. We also There was also a new uh, teaser poster uh, for the Flash this weekend that we didn't talk about in that episode. I'll talk about it right now. It's just him standing like on a ledge in the Batcave, uh, which is cool. And I, it's not the best poster of all time, but I liked it because I feel like, Steve, if you're with me on this, let me know. But I feel like 90 to 99% of movie posters lately, specifically superhero movie posters, are just a bunch of heads in like a collage in the middle of the poster. Every like, one of them looks like an old Star Wars poster where they just had yeah. the faces around. Yeah, especially, I mean, you know, I don't mean to specifically throw shade at Marvel, but I'll, a oh, lot of Marvel of posters all are just them. all the heads of all the characters in a collage. And I kind of miss, like, the old days of posters that were just like a weird-looking image or something captivating, you know? Like, maybe it was like a mysterious kind of... You don't know what it is, but it makes you want to see the movie to find out what it is. And yep. I was just... Okay, those are all the actors that I'm going to see in this movie. So, well, shout out to the I mean, poster guess, for doing that. I guess in modern times, that's part of it. Is you're just like they're just trying to advertise who the actors that are in it are to draw people in. Yeah, and, and I guess especially in a Marvel movie where you're like, look at all these characters that you already know that right. are all going to be in the same movie. You want to see this, you know? So look at this twenty years worth of people that you want to keep watching. Exactly, but um, uh, I fear the art of a good movie poster has. Uh, fallen off um in recent years which is a shame but uh shout out to the teaser poster for the flash for not just being a bunch of of heads um and uh yeah check out that other episode in your podcast feed right now or in uh your youtube whatever feed our youtube page whatever you call that yeah uh for uh our review our reaction to the flash trailer and leave a comment or review yeah please or whatever like it Hit the thumbs up. Subscribe to us on YouTube. If you haven't listened, if you're not subscribed on your podcast feed, what are you doing? I mean, come on. You're listening to us right now and you're not subscribed? Yeah, What's you, the matter with you? If you're listening to us right now and you've listened to us before, you had to go through the effort of finding us, yeah. downloading an episode, and clicking yeah. go. If you yeah. hit subscribe, it makes life a lot easier for you. Yeah, yeah. So much easier. We're just trying to help you. We're trying and, to help you people. And then if you leave us a review, it lets other oh. people find us too. Yeah, that's true. And then... Uh, if we get so popular that people want to pay us to do this podcast, then that only helps you also. I mean, it helps us, but in turn, it helps you because then we can make the podcast even better than it is right now, which seems impossible, right? Seems pretty <laughs> impossible, if you ask me. Anyway, um, speaking of trailers that dropped during it's the Super Bowl. I don't know if what? it's a high bar, but it's a bar. We've set a bar. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to say about that. Yeah, I agree with you. There's a bar. A bar has been set. Um, we got a second second trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I should say real quick, we also got a 30-second TV spot for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which, uh, like, the Flash and Guardians Volume 3, we got, like, small 30-second versions of those trailers with expanded uh, uh, trailers online. Uh, that's not the case with Indiana Jones. It was you get a 30-second TV spot, and if you look it up online, it's still the 30-second TV spot. Yeah. That's, like, all it is. And from and it that, the good. only thing... Yeah, it looked fine. I mean, the only, yeah. th- like, groundbreaking anything was that scene with him and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Like, yeah, he punches Mads Mikkelsen in the face, and him and Phoebe, Phoebe Waller-Bridge jump out of a plane. Right. So, so Indiana like, cool. Jones stuff. Indiana Jones stuff, exactly. You get Sala going, mm-hmm. give him hell, Indiana Jones, which right. was pretty great. Um... Yeah, didn't raise my level of excitement, just like kept it where it was. Yeah, for, similarly, like, yep. there's a bar. Yeah. It met the bar. Much mu- much higher bar than our podcast has said. <laughs> I don't think that our podcast can compete with the hype surrounding Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. Yep. But anyway, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, we got the initial trailer like a month ago, not even that long ago, two months yeah. ago, maybe. Pretty quick. Um, This is trailer two. Which I'm surprised they drop now and not next week with Quantumania. No, yeah, Thursday. I mean, they, not even next week. Thursday. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I mean, they're just capitalizing on the fact that it's the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. That's what Gotta they're be. doing. They want to put as many eyes on it as possible. And I'm sure that it, I'm sure both The Flash and Gardens of the Galaxy will be attached to Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Yep. And probably theaters. Andy. And yep, probably Andy as well. Um, yeah, we're get, yeah, we're just going to start getting trailers for all the summer blockbusters already, so trailer season is uh open i think it's like super bowl official opening of trailer season i think it <laughs> I might be now i don't know if that's like, a thing it, yeah, but like if not we're gonna make it a thing because it's true yeah i think we should make it a thing yeah um so steve what'd you think of the you just watched it a second yeah. ago before we started recording what'd you think of the second trailer for guardians of the galaxy volume three uh in the recurring theme there's a bar it met the bar yep. there wasn't sure anything did. above and beyond it was just yep. like yeah this is going to be a guardians movie Yep. Um, it's definitely in a way where, like, I can't really piece together, like, as much as I was excited about The Flash, like, I can more or less figure out, like, okay, these things happen at the beginning of the movie, and these things happen in the middle, and this is probably towards the end. Right. I could be wrong about those things, but, like, that, based on what they show in the trailer, makes me able to put these together. This Guardians, both these Guardians trailers, I don't really know what the main through line of this movie is. Um, right. You have I know random... it's got something with... The... What's that? It's got something to do with the high evolutionary yep. and how he created Rocket, seemingly. Um, they're in prison at one point. They're out of prison at other points. I don't know when those things happen. They're with Gamora. They're not with Gamora. Like, right. how does she end up back with it? Like, I don't know any of that. So they're Adam Warlock trailers... is seemingly with the high evolutionary, which he historically was, but also after that becomes a guardian for a long, long time. So yeah. it's like, well, does like. By the end of this film, I would assume Adam Warlock has turned to the the good. Agreed. And uh, you know that's that's the big payoff at the end. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, James Gunn has described him as not a nice guy. Yeah, I think in which this movie. he wasn't. I mean, he was. He yeah, was he's a, not. I mean, he was working with the High Evolutionary for years. Yeah. Um. So I think this was good. This is the the full trailer is definitely different than the thirty second spot. I think there was a some gag about. 
I didn't, couldn't even really hear it in the room that we were in um, when we saw the Guardians trailer because I don't think we were ready for it. We didn't. I didn't. I didn't know. Oh it was no! Going you literally tapped Guardians me on the trailer. shoulder and were like, "Dude, Guardians!" Yeah, I was like, it's "Hey, like, Steve, oh, okay. something's happening." <laughs> I knew that. I Flash was the only t- movie trailer I knew we were getting at the Super Bowl. I hadn't heard anything about Guardians or Indy or I think there's a new Dungeons and Dragons trailer also that I missed. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know about any of those, so I wasn't prepared for it. And I think the volume was a little bit lower on the TV that we were on the on the house we were at, but. Uh, there's a whole gag with like Drax sitting on a couch when he's not supposed to be or something like that. I didn't really get yeah, it. Yeah, at the really beginning there. None of none of that was in the the full online trailer. So they're definitely no. The couch thing was the the opener for the. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was like expanded oh. even. I think. Oh, not in the one I watched. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. Interesting. Anyway, I don't know. Um, Either way, it one... didn't make sense. It was just standard Quill and Drax bantering back and forth. And sure, yeah. Um, I'm excited about this movie because I feel like um, we we've talked about we've talked a lot lately about how like the hype surrounding the MCU is not quite what it used to be at least for like you and me and I know for like a lot of other people um, I think you know you're still yours probably a little bit more higher than mine um, I'm still gonna go see all these movies I'm not really excited about Ant Man but I'm definitely gonna go see it so we can talk about it right i mean um, i'm i'm excited about it and almost strictly because jonathan majors as kang has me very yeah. intrigued yeah although i've heard some mixed reactions to, uh, initial reactions to that movie like oh, really? i haven't there's no like reviews but i've heard like just some yeah. mixed things so now, i don't who, know who knows how they had there, the red but, carpet for that right like that's screeners are I out on that so. just the embargo hasn't lifted i yes okay i believe so um yeah, so we'll see as we get closer. Although I'm, I don't plan on reading any reviews before I go see it, but I'll read maybe a headline. Yeah, I was going to say, well, you'll you'll inevitably catch something somewhere. Yeah, you'll you'll catch yeah, a stray. I'll catch a whiff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but unless I'm not thinking of another filmmaker paired with a, a franchise, um, as far as like true auteur filmmakers go, you got Ryan Coogler in the Black Panther franchise which we don't know what the next step of that is going to be he has i don't think that he signed on for a third black panther necessarily i don't believe so and you got james gunn in the gardens of galaxy movies and this is the last james gunn movie and i look at this trailer and i think wow this looks like a james gunn movie and the effects look great and uh it looks like it's well made it looks like something was made by someone that understands these characters and of course james gunn has spent so many times so much time with these characters that he really understands them they're written very well they're written to be themselves they're written to be the versions that we love it's not like someone else came in and took over and made this movie like almost happened when he got fired for a hot second there for uh from disney um but i'm genuinely excited about this movie because it feels like uh, it feels like it's saying something other than plugging a hole in the plot line of the MCU. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where I can't necessarily say that I feel that way about Ant-Man and Quantumania. And I'm, just, I'm comparing it to that because that's the other Marvel trailer that I've seen most recently. You know, mm-hmm. um, Whereas Ant-Man looks like it's furthering a story and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 looks like its own thing. That it's just going to be its own thing. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be maybe some loose connections or... Certainly down the line, there's going to like Adam Warlock is definitely going to show up in whatever, Kang Dynasty yeah. or Secret Wars or whatever, you know, like definitely not the last time we're seeing that character. So, um, but it just looks and has a feel to it of a movie that is bigger than just another episode in this giant TV show that is the MCU. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
And that's what makes me the most excited about seeing it. it more it, as like the most excited I've been about a Marvel movie since I saw Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. And that more okay. or less lived up to my hype for it. Yeah. As well. So. All right. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's fair. And it's, I guess it's at this point the MCU magnum opus for Gunn. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see if he goes out. Yeah, you know, with a bang or a whimper. I mean, yeah, people. I just, there were a lot of mixed feelings on Guardians too. I I think the last time I rewatched it, I warmed a little on it compared to where I was. Um, yeah, I plan to watch both of those. Yeah, again before this third one comes out, because the second one I agree. Like, there's stuff that works really well, and there's stuff that didn't really work well for me i've seen it two or three times maybe um but i'll definitely revisit it and kind of keep it in mind as just like a whole uh a piece yeah basically you know um also i thought it was it's so weird like we talked for so many weeks we've been talking about james gunn and the dc universe and it's just funny like tonight he retweeted both the Flash trailer and the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 trailer. It's like, yep, he's still working for Marvel until this Guardians movie's out. Like, yep. he's still doing both jobs. So it's, you know, it's just funny to see him uh, promoting both. Um, uh, yeah, it just feels like this movie just feels... I don't know that they that Marvel has any other pairings of filmmakers and franchises that aren't more controlled by Kevin Feige than controlled by the writer-director of those franchises. Do you know what I mean? Right, I mean, they got Chloe Zhao and made The Eternals. That's true, that's true. And I, you know what? Lately, I've been thinking, I'm going to, I need to watch The Eternals again. Because I liked that movie more than a lot of people did. Yeah. And I think if I watch it again... Right, it was not a masterpiece by any stretch, but it was not garbage. No, not at all. And I think, like... You're going in like this is an MCU movie, and I can't wait to see the same kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, beat 'em up action that I'm used to. And you get a little bit of that, but not as much as you'd expect, especially in a three-hour long movie. So I feel like I need to go in with my my expectations more set, and then like let it hit me as like a film versus like I think I went into going, how is this going to move the story forward? And it right. doesn't really. Um, but it doesn't have to. And now I'm in a place where I'm like, I kind of want movies that don't necessarily move the story forward or don't play into the mythology, but just give me like a good movie, you know? So I'm hoping that's what Gardens Galaxy Volume 3 is when it comes out this summer. Speaking of movies that haven't come out yet, but we're excited about, um, we got some not bombshells, not huge news, but some information on Fantastic Four, Marvel's Fantastic Four. By the way, most of this episode we're talking about marvel stuff yeah we've 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 heard the dc train for a while now we're hopping on marvel yeah yeah um dc news has finally slowed down Uh, dc speculation and news has finally slowed down and now we're into some marvel stuff and honestly like it's pretty slow week like these stories these marvel stories aren't ones that sometimes we would even talk about because sometimes they're like speculation or stuff that almost happened but didn't but you know we're filling some time um Director Matt Shankman, who also worked on WandaVision for uh, Marvel as directing the Fantastic Four, uh, talked about his choice leaving Paramount Star Trek Four. He was the he was in production on that to board Fantastic Four and said uh, he confirmed that Fantastic Four starts shooting next year and said when the Fantastic Four opportunity came up, it was just too hard to pass up. 
and to go back home to Marvel, a place where I worked on WandaVision with those people who are wonderful collaborators. He said he has, quote, a few more months on the Godzilla series for Apple TV, which I forgot that he was involved in the app in the Godzilla TV series. I forgot um, it was even happening. Yeah. And that uh, and then he's moving full time into production on Fantastic Four. So still going to be a while until they get up to shooting. So they're not they're shooting early 2024, I guess. And I think the release date isn't until 2025. Right. So uh, which makes sense. I mean, you, usually they've been slotting almost a year for. Yeah. Post. So all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Hopefully that is enough time to, you know, make a good movie and not rush it and right. not rush the effects. I saw somebody share a an unedited just scene from Thor Love and Thunder on Twitter. And I watched it again and I was like, yikes. And the like the effects just like did not look great. And oh, I yeah. know that movie got a lot of flack for the effects not looking great. And I just forgot, I guess. I was like, wow, yeah, that's blatant. She is standing in front of a green screen. And you can tell it yeah. does not look good <laughs> at all. Anyway, uh, slight digression. Um, he also mentioned this is like uh, speaking of digressions. This is another one. Uh, he mentioned that uh, one Star Trek four apparently is not completely dead at Paramount just because he left the project. This is be the fourth movie with like the Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Zoe Saldana cast. Not completely dead. He thinks they're still developing things that he was working on when he was doing that. So that's something. And also he confirmed that the Godzilla series does uh, tie into the films. It's set in the same universe as the uh, ongoing Godzilla King Kong films. Uh, there's going to be some overlap, but not like anything that's so in intertwined like the MCU. Anyway, um, more Fantastic Four quotes uh, from producer Stephen uh, Broussard. He's an MCU Marvel producer. He says he's not exactly uh, specifically working on Fantastic Four, uh, but he did say that it is going to embrace the source material. Uh, and the quote was uh, one of the founding principles of Marvel going back to Iron Man and the casting of Tony that I think has resonated through today is to embrace the source material and these comics that have been around forever. In 2005, uh, the year that the he's talking about the year that the first Fantastic Four film came out. And I believe he's also referencing all the subsequent Fantastic Four movies, the subsequent two. He said, maybe there was a uh, recitance to fully embrace what it was in everything, the embodiment of Galactus and things like that. Whatever form the story takes, whatever characters do or do not appear, the founding principle will be embraced and will welcome them into the MCU. So that's good to hear. I mean, that's good to hear and also factually inaccurate. Um saying that since time they've always embraced the source material. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's like, that's true. Yeah, well, it's a little corporate speak there. Yeah, um, but they have, I mean, more so than, I, I mean, when the MCU started, it was like, uh, you know, they're giving us bright color costumes. You know, I feel like if they made an yeah. Iron Man movie in the late 90s or early 2000s, similar to X-Men, he'd be wearing like all black and silver he'd be look like war machine you right. know his armor you know it wouldn't be the bright red um if they made a captain america movie in the early 2000s they'd figure out a way to really dumb down that bright blue and red red white and blue color like right. it would just you, be and like you never would have gotten like the original with the wings and the like exactly yeah. yes yeah um so i mean i know what you mean but i also know yeah. what he means when he says they embrace the source like they're not scared of the weirdness like i said in our flash um, in our, our flash recap of the trailer, they talk about the ring yeah. and how he keeps his suit inside a ring in the comic books. And like, that's, that's a weird thing to show in live action. Although I do think that the show did that as well re in recent seasons. Um, 
But, you know, there's no yeah. way that if they made a Flash movie in 2005 that they would have dared to do the ring things. Like, That's too silly. We got to keep it. We got to keep it dark and cool and edgy or whatever. Right. Know? And, yeah, you're right. Even with, like, the X-Men movies, it was very, very similar along that vein, you know, until yeah. until later on when, like, future class and all or first class and all that. <clears throat> yeah. Where they, you know, somewhat embraced some of the, the costuming and the, a little of the more ridiculous. Um, right. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you're right, too. Like, as much as they embraced, you know, like, okay, well, we're doing Spider-Man again. So we're going to, he's going to be a teenager and he's not going to be sure of himself. He's going to be in high school. He's going to be like, he's going to have kid problems. Like, that's all great. But also, we're going to give him an Iron Man uh, designed suit that helps him do absolutely everything. You know? right. So, like, that's, that's also a skew from a lot of the source material. Yeah. Not all the source material, though. I was so going to say, you could argue, Spider run, yeah. but yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Like, these characters have been around for 60 years, so you could argue in a lot of instances, like, well, that one time right. they did do this. They you took know, this and not that. And, but, yeah. like, you know, stuff like with the Guardians, you know, you you pull together a team that was never together and, like, Drax's characterization is dramatically different and some other stuff. It's like, yeah, there's... I think... Know, in the grand think. scheme of things, I think he's right that they they have been you know, truthful to the source material. Um, funnily enough, I almost would say that like the Raimi verse was probably the closest cause it was the most comic booky. That's true in tone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think they probably, I think they pull from the source material when they know that they can make it work and yeah. they change it when they know they can't. Mm-hmm. Um, like if it's something that works in a comic, but doesn't work on film, then yeah, you have to adapt the source material. But if it's just like, yeah, and the thing is, like, this willing. is too weird for a movie. It's not too weird for a movie. We're all invested in the life of a talking raccoon and a talking tree. Like, it's mm-hmm. not too weird for a movie. Like, we're in. Yeah. Just sell it to us. You guys already proved that we will watch this. <laughs> yeah. We're in. We're in, man. <laughs> Make it work. I'll watch a suit fly out of a ring and a, ha- yeah. have somebody put it on at super speed. I'm done. Yep. Great. I'm in. Uh, cool. So, yeah, obviously. Peter Quill's ep- father is a planet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, okay. Right. <laughs> We're exactly. fine. Yeah. Um, I saw a Harley Quinn kill a giant starfish with a spear. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. And, I, and it's one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> it was so <laughs> like, good. I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> Give it to me. I'm down. Um. Uh. So, yeah. Obviously, Fantastic Four is a big movie on the horizon and very excited. To, oh, he also I mean, mentioned that any casting rumors you've heard so far are lies they haven't started casting like they're very early stages on that so anything that you've heard not true so don't believe anything you've heard on the internet as far as casting around fantastic four all all i ask is for this movie that they handle the dynamic of the the marvel's first family yeah me right like i you know you can flub you can flub the villain you can flub whatever i mean if it's doom like don't screw that up but like, yeah, please. <laughs> but like, get the the family dynamic right, and that's that's yes. all you have to do, and yeah. you will be fine. Yeah, I agree. That's the reason why um, everybody liked them. It was yeah. the whole like, yeah. Um. Also, Reed Richards is an asshole. Yes, but that's also <laughs> a thing that makes them unique. Like, some like Spider Man's a kid, so it sets him apart from other heroes. Like, well, these people are a family; they're stuck with each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, I mean, the thing obviously is like a friend, but like the rest of them, yeah, 
Yeah. They're a family. So like lean into that and it'll feel like a different movie instead of being like, oh, this just feels like every other make, superhero movie. Make like the goddamn Incredibles in live action and you'll have a fine yeah. movie. Dude, when I was that making was our best. rundown today, yeah. I had the a Fantastic Four article open to get this quote. Yeah. And my son came over and he goes, he saw like a picture of the yeah. Fantastic. I don't think he'd ever seen the Fantastic Four before. He goes, well, who's that? Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's the Fantastic Four. I was like, this is Mr. Fantastic. He has got stretchy powers. This is an invisible woman. He can turn invisible, make force fields. This is a human torch. He lights himself on fire. This is uh, the thing. And he's like a big rock monster. And he goes, oh, Mr. Fantastic is kind of like Plastic Man, but also like, uh, remember it in The Incredibles that uh, the mom, and I was like, Elastigirl? He goes, yeah, Elastigirl. And I was like, yeah, you're right. She is like Elastigirl. Yeah. And the daughter <laughs> he is like Elastigirl. And he goes, and th- yeah, an invisible woman is like the daughter. And I was like, yeah, you know what, buddy? Incredibles stole a lot from the Fantastic Four. <laughs> like, he knows Incredibles more than he knows the Fantastic Four. How many kids oh, yeah. in 2023 are more familiar with the Incredibles than they are with the Fantastic Four? Every and one how of many- them. I can't wait to see like either dumb tweets or dumb, you know, YouTube videos when the Fantastic Four movie comes out from like young uh, Gen Zers, uh, young side of the Gen Z generation yeah. being like, well, they're just ripping off the incredible. Like, you know, well, you know, if someone's going to be an idiot. And, it's like and, we were talking about for the Weird Al movie. Where, yeah, where yeah. they made the they flipped it and that eat it was the parody <laughs> or the original and beat it was the parody. So and funny. it's like that's what that's what they're gonna see when the Fantastic Four yeah, comes yeah. out. It's like yeah, that's what they're gonna think. Yeah. Um. But The Incredibles was the best Fantastic Four movie that has been made. It's it still is. Yeah. The Incredibles and The Incredibles Two are right. both the two best Fantastic Four movies that have ever been made. Absolutely. Yes. Uh. Hopefully, until this one, mm-hmm. we'll see in 2025. But you know what? The Incredibles is one of the best superhero movies ever. So it's <laughs> it is. gonna be real hard to surpass that. Yep. real hard um speaking of greatest superhero things ever you could have left it at greatest superheroes after that it got a little muddy superheroes yeah i should have said that because <laughs> we're gonna talk about spider-man but not the spider-man you're used to talking about spider-man noir starring sony with, starring nick cage <laughs> oh man probably not i don't man, think so but that'd be awesome uh sony in their infinite spider wisdom is developing a Spider-Man noir. Do you like that? Do you like that, Steve? <laughs> Their spidey sense is really fucking off. <laughs> for a company that has owned Spider-Man for decades, their spider sense seldom tingles. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they're greenlighting uh, anything uh, uh, Spider-Verse related. Yeah. That was a big win for them. But Although this yeah. is, is going to be animation, so... Oh, oh, wait. Is it going to be animation? I didn't oh, no. see that. I just assumed it was going to be animation. I'm really worried now. I don't think it now. is, dude. I'm really, really worried now. I don't think it is. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's let's tell the people what we're talking about, I guess. <laughs> sure, why um, not? Sony is developing a Spider-Man noir series at Amazon Prime. Um, Oren Uziel is writing the series, and he's also going to serve as executive producer alongside Amy Pascal, uh, she has produced every spider thing at Sony for the beginning of time. Uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, creators and producers of Spider-Verse and uh, other things. Uh, uh, Oren Uziel's credits include 22 Jump Street, The Cloverfield Paradox, ugh, 2021 Mortal Kombat reboot, and John Wick 4, upcoming uh, John Wick 4. Um, character Spider-Man Noir, who you might remember as being voiced by Nicolas Cage in Into the Spider-Verse in a hilarious, wonderful way. 
uh, was created in 2009 by David Hine, Fabrice Saplowski, Carmine Di Gian, wow, Gian Domenico, and Marco Jerverek. I love just letting you do that. It's always Yeah, hilarious. I got to let you do I didn't look at any of these names. I just copied and pasted them, and I didn't even try to pronounce them. But boy, uh, sorry that I butchered those names. Um, Marco so, Jerverek. <laughs> thank you. Uh, Spider-Man Noir was created in 2009 by those people. Uh, he's a version of Peter Parker that exists in 1930s, like Great Depression era in New York City. Um, he's a bit darker in tone, a little bit more violent. Um, however, this series will not—it will not be Peter Parker beyond the, behind the mask. It'd be somebody else, but assumedly with all the same powers and things. Um, Steve, what do we think about Spider-Man Noir as a series at Amazon? I thought it was a weird run to begin with, and I thought it was very cool that they did the cameo into the Spider-Verse, and I think yep. Amazon probably thinks that it's cooler than it is. Yeah, I don't... It, it, this doesn't jump out to me as something that needs to be its own series. Who's going um, to watch this? I mean, yes, we will, but like... <laughs> you and me. <laughs> there's... What is what is the modern watch, draw for '30s depression era noir I know, film? Man, like Especially it was a cool one-off like, miniseries when they did it originally, and yeah, they expanded on it. But it's like it, it was a cool concept, and then yeah. like w- why? It's a, and it's a cool enough concept to make it a jokey thing in Into the Spider Verse, right? With Nick Cage, as we were referencing with Nick before. Cage, yeah, but. I don't know if this is the play, like especially when there's so many other spider characters that you could develop a series around. Like r- reminding our audience, this is not the first series that is in development at Amazon Prime. Um, the it's the second one. The uh, we announced a few months ago, or we didn't announce it. They announced it, and we talked about it. Um, Silk, uh, the Spider Society series, mm, yep. is developing, and that's still happening at Amazon. Dude, um, make a Black Cat series. Yeah. Yes. Like so many other side characters, if even if they're not spider characters. Um and I can see maybe, you know, okay, you're using spider punk or whatever in across the Spider-Verse, so you don't want to but like but who cares? Is it really like that? Who's going to who's going to care? Right. I don't know. I feel like I mean, that, hell. Uh, do Doc Ock Superior Spider-Man. That was an awesome or, run. Or God damn it, a Miles Morales series. At this point, I'm convinced there's got to be some legal reason that they can't do that. Because if you it's, haven't, then somebody's, well, all of Sony is really dumb. Yeah, I mean, it's, sorry, put the kids to bed. But it is fucking insane yeah. that Miles Morales has not even been teased. Te- yeah. I guess, sorry, he has been teased in, tangentially. In the Marvel in line, stuff, though. In yeah, in MCU, and the, there's a line towards the end of No Way Home where either Jamie Fox or talking to Andrew Garfield says, "There's got to be a black Spider-Man somewhere, right?" Well, and even yes, before there has to be. Even before that, you had the, the Aaron Davis stuff with uh, Donald Glover, yeah, and Donald Glover is in. I was uh, gonna. I kept trying to say Daniel Glover, and I was like, "No, no, it's not Danny Glover. I was, it's I had not to Lethal pause Weapon." To, I had to make myself not say Childish Gambino. <laughs> I was like, that's his rap name. What's his actor? What's his real name? Donald Glover. Um, Lando Calrissian. Um, yes. Yeah, it's just wild. Dude, spider it's Gwen. It's wild. Like, go Ghost Spider. Run some, like, run it yes. back in any way, shape, or form. Ben Riley. Right. I don't know. 
give me something. This, I mean, who knows? Maybe this is going to be great. Maybe but, it's going to be great. But do Ben Riley and don't reference the Clone Saga at all because that just at gets all. messy. <laughs> I hope this is good. I hope I watch this and go, damn, this is better than I expected. Yeah. But when it comes to Spider-Man, I want to see Spider-Man. And I don't necessarily want to see a weird low-tech 1930s version of Spider-Man. Like, I didn't read Spider-Man Noir. I thought he looked cool, but it wasn't cool enough for me to read that series. Yeah, same. I get the cliff notes. That's all I needed yeah. on that one. Exactly. <laughs> Saw a cool cover. That was about yeah. it. So we'll see. I mean, I don't even know if this has been green lit. They're just developing it. So mm-hmm. uh, Silk, obviously, is going to be the first one that hits screens as long as development on that one continues and i'm way more excited for silk i'm excited to see a silk series more yeah. than i am for spider-man noir well and sure. that i mean that makes sense like yeah. it's the first one that they announced that actually makes sense yeah including all the movies i mean i guess yeah. the venom movie made sense but beyond that no it didn't it didn't it didn't it didn't. It, it did that of all the spider adjacent properties that's a that's one that i would have expected them to at least okay to yes it makes on. sense in that they made one because he was a popular character. Right. Yes, that makes sense. It doesn't make sense that they made one without Spider-Man in it. Also true. All. Still, I will go to my grave saying that they should have not made a Venom movie without even referencing Peter Parker's symbiote suit. Can they, like, you know, if they're going to lean into it, at least go to, like, Flash Thompson's anti-Venom or something. Something. Like, go all the way. Go whole hog into this thing. Yeah. And that's the other thing that I don't know. Like, what are they going to do now? Like, okay, yes. At the end of spoilers for No Way Home. The end of No Way Home, post credit scene, Eddie Brock leaves a little bit of the symbiote suit wherever he is in Mexico or something. So, like, are we just going to get a different person as Venom? Or are we just going to get a different... Like, no, what's going to happen in the mainline MCU with that little drop of symbiote? Like, sure, I'm it's going to find Peter Parker. He's going to have a black suit. I was going to say, gonna I'm find... it setting up for Secret Wars. They'll do black yeah. suit and Secret Wars, and that's it. And then yeah, bring Venom okay. into the real deal. I don't know what they're doing, man. Neither do they. Well, they probably do, but I don't, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, speaking of weird behind-the-scenes Sony and Marvel Spider-Man stuff, uh, we found out this week that uh, we are talking about Spider-Man Homecoming earlier, the first outing of Tom Holland as Spider-Man in the MCU. John Leguizamo. Actor extraordinaire John Leguizamo. Luigi himself. Luigi himself. I forgot that he was Luigi. Yep. You could have named so many other great movies that he's been in, and you. Oh, no. Straight to Luigi. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, John Leguizamo was supposed to play the vulture in Spider Man Homecoming. Apparently, Michael Keaton was the studio's first choice, but he pulled out of negotiations, so they went with Leguizamo. He'd already signed to film. Like, he was ready to film that movie as the Vulture. And his quote, uh, he, I don't know, he was talking to some outlet about uh, something else. And they asked if he'd ever want to be in the, a Marvel movie or something like that. And he said, I was supposed to play the Vulture. We had negotiated and I was about to play him. And then they said that Michael Keaton wanted it back. And they asked me if I would give it up. Wow. I said, well, okay, I guess. And they said, no, we'll work with you again. We're gonna. That's what happened there. They offered me something tiny, and I went, nuh-uh. So I guess they like offered him a small role. It's like a consolation prize, and he was like, nah, nah, I'm going to hold out for something good, which I think is smart because 
John Leguizamo, like, he's not necessarily an A-lister, but he is a phenomenal actor. He's definitely a bad guy actor, too. Yeah, he is great in everything that you see him. Whether the movie's good or not, he is great in everything, and he fully commits to every role that he's playing. Okay, the second part you had me at, because if you'd seen The Pest, uh, nothing was great about that. Oh, okay, yeah. I did not (laughs) see that, but I definitely I can remember that from the 90s, that it was not not a thing. Um, but he's also the bad guy in Spawn. I was going to say, Spawn, I was like, this is not his movies. first uh, reference yeah. to a, a comic book movie. Yeah, and like he's in um, he's in like Moulin Rouge in like a bit part, but he's like great in that. Like yeah. he's just a really good actor. He's in Land of the Dead. Yeah. Um, and he's been in other stuff too. So I think he would, I mean, it would have been a different take, but. Yeah, he could have pulled uh, it off. He definitely could have done it. Like he would have been super menacing. Like I think immediately. When I think of the vulture in Homecoming, I think of that scene in the car when he's saying, "Yeah," when he finds out who he is and he turns around and says, I'll kill you and I'll kill everyone you care about. Mm-hmm. John Leguizamo definitely could have delivered that oh, in a powerful way, yeah, for sure. And I would love to see him in one of these uh, superhero movies, whether it's Marvel or DC. Like I would love uh, villain, uh, hero, whatever. I would love to see John Leguizamo in something. I'm, I'm curious, like... I. The thing, Keaton, it may just be because we got Keaton, but, like, him answering the door and stuff like that, like, those scenes, it was just, like, there's something about that, something about Keaton that screams to me, like, more innocuous suburban dad. Yeah. That's just, like, it might just be because he's older, or I think of him as older than Leguizamo. Like, for some reason, in my mind, Leguizamo's still, like, 30-something, even though he's probably the same age or just younger than Keaton. Right. But it's, like, the gray-haired, balding dude, I think. I think it also definitely added to that twist. Like, that twist in... I mean, spoilers for Homecoming. (laughs) If you haven't seen this movie. Yeah. You should. It's great. The twist... That twist is built on the audience's inherent racism where oh yeah uh the girl that peter has a crush on is a person of color and so therefore no white person could ever be related to her you know what i mean like we right. instinctively think we're instinctively shocked when he opens that door and he's liz's dad yep you're like what but. the fuck and then you're like oh yeah of course he can just be married to a black woman (laughs) like yeah of course but our the audience's inherent racism tells you that there's no possible way that he could be behind that door that there's no possible way that he's going to be in there and it's so shocking because no one is thinking that it's so shocking i leapt i was i didn't see this movie i didn't see the movie in the theater i watched it at home after it came out because it was like it came out the year my son was born so i was just had no time for anything but when my wife and I finally sat down to watch it, we like leapt off the couch when he opened that door yeah. and it was him. I went, Whoa, what? Yeah. And then that whole, the, the following scene is like the most tense scene in any mm-hmm. MCU movie, hands down. And it still works to this day. Like, even though the, sh- the, the shock of that twist isn't there for me, the, the tense, the tension the, of the, the scene, intense, is the, the tension there. following is so palpable. Yep. And Tom Holland plays it great, great. So all to say, and like you know, this is just a white guy talking, so like I could be way off base here. But John Leguizamo also being a person of color, 
I think that twist still would have worked, but it would not have been quite as shocking because, uh, you know, it's not playing on our inherent racism quite as much right. as it is with its Michael Keaton, white, very white, suburban dad, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I wasn't crazy, by the way. There's a 11-year age difference between Keaton and Leguizamo. So oh, okay, me, and yeah. the, me, my brain that's still stuck in like 1999 and thinks that was yeah. 10 years ago is like, oh, <laughs> you know, Leguizamo's young. Like, there's no way that yeah, could he's work. He's a young guy. Yeah. 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 No, definitely not. No, no, no. Uh, no. Although yeah. he did voice the Riddler in Batman, uh, the audio adventures, which I did that's not That's true. Know. The podcast. That's yeah. right. That's so, right. Yeah. He's all over the place. And he's was apparently in Violent place. Night. Yeah. He was Scrooge in Violent Night. Oh, yeah, that's right. I've seen him in the trailer. I didn't see Violent Night, but I remember him being in the trailer yeah. and being like, oh, shit. It's not Leguizamo. Great. I love that guy. And he was Bruno in, in Encanto. Yeah, that's right. And he was in Encanto. But we don't talk about it. We don't talk about that. Yeah. Great. Great reference. I wish I had made that joke. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of other Marvel things that almost happened but didn't, this is a big one. And we, <laughs> yeah. knew kind, we knew part of this story. We knew there was tension here. But we did not know that in 2015, Kevin Feige, Mr. Marvel, head of the MCU was almost fired from Marvel Entertainment in 2015. Former Marvel Entertainment chairman Ike Perlmutter wanted to remove Kevin Feige and retain total control of the MCU himself. Now, we've known in the past that there were tensions between this Ike Perlmutter dude and Kevin Feige. Ike Perlmutter uh, was, as I said, chairman of Marvel Entertainment. Feige was, like, the creative director or whatever. I don't know his exact title, but he was, like, in charge of, like, you know, getting the story together and like putting these movies out. Um, part of what we knew is that Ike Perlmutter was standing in the way of Kevin Feige having free reign over this universe. Ike Perlmutter uh, said no to introducing uh, characters that were people of color, movies that surrounded uh, female characters, women characters. Um, and uh, that's why it took so long to get a Black Panther movie. That's why it took so long to get a Captain Marvel movie. It's because this uh, guy Black was Widow too. No. Black Widow was supposed Black to Widow have a well. solo in yep. Phase One, and they he nixed it. Yep, because uh, he believed, like so many uh, executives of the past, that uh, female w or women-led movies don't make money, or uh, movies led by people of color don't make money. Yep, this guy's clearly a, a grade A a hole. Um, uh, but apparently, uh, the clashing got to the point where he wanted to fire Kevin Feige and take control of it himself, which is wild. Apparently, Feige was also uh, ready to leave. There were rumors that he was talking to Warner Brothers about going over to DC. And this was in, like, let's think 2015. Marvel in 2015, we'd already been through phase one. Phase one is over. We are, like, deep into phase two. I think 2015 was the year Age of Ultron came out, I think. Yeah. So we're up to two Avengers movies. And this thing is taking off. And Ike Perlmutter wanted to fire the guy that was making it work. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now, mind Talk you, about context for dumb. how this all came out, uh, this was this was a Bob Iger drop. Yes. Yeah, Iger's the one that dropped this information. Bob Iger, CEO of Disney, talked about it in an interview yeah. this week. <laughs> yeah, what, pretty yeah. much like putting the nail in the, the Ike Perlmutter coffin uh, because he... He, Iger and Prometer never it was oil and water um, yeah. and he wasn't around in 2015 when this all happened so this is all like 
retroactive, hey, uh, you were an asshole, you're no longer going to be our asshole. Yeah. And yeah. kind of removing some of his power from the board, basically, by putting this out there. Yeah. Um, and if any of you are wondering if the MCU would have been great under uh, Ike Perlmutter's meters, however you say his name, um, mm-hmm. uh, leadership, uh, all you have to do is look at what happened after uh, there's a corporate restructuring in 2015 that uh, kind of freed up Kevin Feige from having to report to uh, Ike Perlmutter, and he reported directly to um, Alan Horn, I guess it was like the head of Disney or Marvel's uh, film unit at that time. Um, or put put Marvel Studios underneath like Disney's film and didn't have he, he you know they separated the TV and they separated the films. That's why like Agents of Shield used to be directly tied into the MCU and all of a sudden it really kind of wasn't anymore. It's because they separated those two divisions and Ike Perlmutter was in charge of the TV stuff and Kevin Feige was in charge of the films. That's why the films really took off and it took a while for the you know the TV universe kind of mm-hmm. ex- puttered out. So like I was saying, if you want an example of um, how how great and incredible the MCU would have been under Ike Perlmutter. You just have to watch um, the Inhumans. Oh, did anybody? Yeah. Did anybody no. watch the Inhumans? Yes, unfortunately. Did you really watch it? Uh, at least a couple episodes. I think there was only. I think there was only a couple. I think there was, <laughs> there was like nine. Two. Didn't it get I think canceled after like two? Three. Yeah. Um, I remember reading that Ike Perlmutter. the Inhumans was like his thing. Like he was fully, he was the one that was like driving that. Uh, Right. Because they didn't have the X-Men. He was trying to make their X-Men and he was trying to make, he's trying to make Inhumans the X-Men. He he was trying to make, right. He was trying to make it the, make the Inhumans their X-Men without understanding why the Inhumans couldn't be their X-Men. Yes. Whereas Kevin Feige was like, nah, someday we're going to buy Fox. I got the I'm playing a long game. (laughs) We're going to make this happen. Um, and he was right. So uh, if you're not if you're not familiar with the Inhumans TV show, um, you may have guessed by this back and forth Steve and I just had. I think it lasted two episodes and was canceled because it was so terrible. Uh, eight. Um, they really did. They air they, all eight episodes. They cancel it after the second episode, but they aired all eight. They did air all eight, and it was canceled after two. Yeah. So I haven't seen it, but I've heard it is just abominably bad. Yeah, not great, Bob. So bad. Not great. Yeah. Not great. Um, anyway, so that would have been cool. It also would have been cool, like, you know, I think I've mentioned in the past uh, a different podcast I uh, listened to is referenced, uh, or a host of that podcast, Matt Gorley, has said that his idea of heaven is you get to watch all the movies that were almost made, like the different versions of movies that you hear about and then weren't made. That's like his heaven. Mm-hmm. And I get to heaven if I get to watch a bunch of uh, Warner Brothers DC movies that were led by Kevin Feige. Like, yeah, I'm watching that shit. That would be great. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to see that. This guy wanted to can the guy who their rival studio literally is for years has been trying to make the Kevin Feige of DC. Publicly calling it that. Right. Publicly saying we need our Kevin Feige. They've yeah. been saying that for years. And this guy's like, yeah, we got to get this guy out of yeah. here. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> I have no idea. I, just, I, just, I have no idea what Ike Perlmutter sounds like, but by his name, that's exactly what he sounds like. That's Bravo. why I made that voice because I was like, "What would Ike Perlmutter sound like?" <laughs> uh, he's got a cigar and he's an old yeah. man and he talks like this. And we got to get that guy out of here. This uh, guy doesn't know what he's doing. For for the Inhumans, for the record, uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score. Take a stab. Yeah. Take a stab at it. Uh, critic score or fan score? Uh. 
Or just like tomato general approval. Yeah, tomato meter approval rating. Uh, twenty percent. No. Lower. 10? Slightly higher. Eleven percent approval oh. rating. <laughs> Average rating of three point seven out of ten. Is it? Uh, this is the one thing that I know about this show. Uh, is it Medusa? Is the character's name Medusa? She has the long red hair. What's that? Gorgon. Corgan. Gorgon. Why did I think it was Gorgon? Why like, did that's her name? Med- really? Medusa is a Gorgon. Is like that. That's what the species of snake people oh, were. Okay. In Greek mythology. Okay. But are we talking about the same character? She's got like long red hair and she can control it. Yeah. She uses her hair like octopus tentacles, basically, and can like right. Not to be confused her, her with the mutant Gorgon who has no powers okay. related to hair. Okay. So this character, uh, she has this long, incredible hair and uses it like, you know, like octopus tentacles can stretch it out, grab stuff, knock people over. Like that's like her power, right? Yeah. It's pretty cool. Or no, yeah. No, that is Medusa. Medusa. That's, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's Black Bolt's wife. Wife. Yes. But not, but there is a Gorgon that's not a Gorgon, which makes okay. no sense in my brain, which is why I was thrown off. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, so Medusa yeah. is this character who's known for her hair powers. Mm-hmm. And I believe in the first episode, she gets captured and they cut all of her hair off. Is that correct? Do you remember? So, is that, yeah, can you verify I that? I cannot yeah. verify, but that sounds as bad as it could be. Yeah. That's I somebody told me that that happens. Like, what? Like you were just immediately finding a way to not use this power. Right. <laughs> what? How do we keep That's the my CGI about budget Titans. Down. It's like, how do we like yeah. Why do we keep depowering Superboy so we don't have to spend the money to make him fly all the yeah. time? Like, well, then maybe you shouldn't be making this show. Maybe you shouldn't have Superboy in your show if you're not going to have him use his powers all the time. <laughs> Same kind of thing goes for Eternals. Although we did have the guy that played Black Bolt reply prizes role as Black Bolt in Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness, right? Same yep. actor, Anson right? Mount, who I mean, he's a established actor in his own right, and just happened yeah. to get. I mean, the cast. I mean, you had Anson Mount. You had um, uh, what's his face from. Uh, I yeah from Game I of Thrones. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ewan Rian, is that it? Okay, I think so. He played uh, yeah. what's his face the yeah great audio here. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we are good at this. Professional podcasters. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think. Um, no, I, I I remember the Bolton. cast being Ramsey good. There's like some recognizable faces. Yeah. Yep. So so. Uh, but anyway, don't watch it because it's bad. Um. And that's that story. Uh, moving on to co- some comics. Don't, we got a don't couple, watch this uh, thing. That's our story. Don't, yeah, our story is stay away from this at all costs. The thing we've just been talking about for 20 minutes. Um, I'm very excited about this. G. Willow Wilson and Marciko Taraka's Poison Ivy is being turned into a regular ongoing series beginning this summer. This is a, sto- this is a series that started out as a six-issue miniseries was so popular it got expanded into a 12 issue uh, maxi series and now is still so popular that they're just extending it into like a full ongoing series our own uh, local uh, funky town comics uh, owner uh, Jesse was telling me when I picked up my copy of issue nine just this past week said that it is one of his most popular selling books like i think it's his best selling dc book that he has on the shelves and it's one of the most popular books he has in the store 
So uh, I think volume one of the first six issues is coming out soon. If you're interested, pick it up. It's mm-hmm. great. It's great. I, so, uh, I I can say, too, if you're looking for any of the individual issues, the Jenny Frisson covers oh my God. are absolutely unreal. Jenny Frisson is, my, I think, my favorite cover artist. Just Oh, oh, yeah, oh we talked about her last week. I said Jen Bartel, and you said yes, because Jen Bartel has also done covers for like some of these series I think right. we were talking about yeah. last week. I was talking about Jenny Frizzon. Jenny Frizzon. Okay. When I said when I said I started buying Catwoman because she was doing Catwoman covers, I was I and, said Jen Bartel, but I was talking about Jenny Frizzon, and I realized that after we right. got off. And I agreed pod. with you knowing what you were meaning, but not what you said. <laughs> yeah. Jen Bartel is also an incredible artist. I love Jen <laughs> Bartel, and she's done a lot of great stuff. As yeah, well, the, I once interacted with her on Twitter, and it was like the highlight of my month. When she like, <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah, the um, the frizzing. Jen Bartel is also incredible. Nuts. Yeah, like and yeah, and the Catwoman ones were awesome too. Yeah. So is Jenny Jenny Frizzon is the one that also did something is killing the children variants, right? With like the mask. Uh, oh, uh, did uh, she do those? Were those her? I think that the, was her. With the too. die cut yeah, yeah. masks. Yep. I could yeah. see that. That that's kind of that same style. So that makes sense. Yeah. So good. Anyway. Pick up the uh, trade volumes of one through six of Poison Ivy. They're coming out sometime soon. Uh, so good. It's like, this is a character who has often, I mean, she's known as a Batman villain, right? But like, break it down. She's somebody that is anti-corporation, pro-environment, and wants to, uh, you know, murder billionaires that are destroying our planet. We're really supposed to look at this person as a villain? Like, this is somebody that we should be cheering for. This is somebody who is trying to save our planet um, and take down evil corporations. Like, that's a hero. I don't know. Uh, obviously, she goes about it in terrible ways <laughs> in the book. But, oh, like, yeah. that basic summary is somebody that sounds like you want to root for them. You know, you're, like, on their side, kind of. Yeah, and they frame it really interestingly, especially in that first mini arc or first yeah. arc. Um, yeah, it, it's it's been a phenomenal series. So phenomenal series. Um, also, I got to say, uh, just while we're talking about Poison Ivy, I'm I'll, I'll shout this out right here. I mentioned to you earlier. Oh yeah. I, yep. I speaking of Poison Ivy, I watched the uh, Harley Quinn very problematic Valentine's Day special, of course, which featured Poison Ivy in a big way. Um, it is hilarious. It is wild. It is insane. Very funny. Very silly. Very stupid. Um, all of those things together. And at the end, uh, they brought it back to a really a place where it reminded me why I love these characters. And it was a very like emotional, adorable nice. ending. And I said to my wife, like, what a show that can do all this insane, dumb Silly, stupid, funny, hilarious stuff. And at the end, bring it back to a thing where you're like, oh, yeah, I love these guys. This right. is heartwarming. <laughs> end, yeah. Like, it's insane. There's a whole thing with Bane that I did not see coming that they do not tell you in the trailers. It's just the the it's called a very problematic Valentine's Day special because of what happens to Bane in this <laughs> series. I'm laughing about it, thinking about it. It's okay. so wild. I can't. I don't want to spoil it because it's ridiculous. Nice. Ridiculous. Um, I I had done that double take while you were talking, not for anything to do with Poison Ivy, but yeah. I had typed in Jenny Frisson, uh, something's killing the children. 
I did not realize uh, her variant that she did for issue one, uh, which is a oh. badass uh, issue one variant or variant in general. I didn't realize she did them that early on. I didn't either. Uh, but um, 160 bucks. <laughs> non ungraded. Like, just if you want the floppy of that cover. And that's for Midtown, so it's not like it's overpriced. Like they're usually. What's the regular? What's the regular one? Is the, uh, you can use. Okay, let's play that game. Uh, give me, give me a number you think. Just like the regular A like cover, a cover. of something. Yep. A the cover children. of something skill the children. One the variant un- is one hundred sixty. Variant ungraded. is one sixty. One sixty. The and the variant's the C cover. So the variant's more obviously than the A, co- uh, a cover. Oh. 200 still waiting whoa three still waiting what 350 no higher Mm -hmm. 500 440 steve i have a 440 dollar comic book sitting right over there on the other side of this room for me are you kidding me uh yeah that's what it's selling for in uh or from uh from midtown right now Sweet Actually, Jesus. no, and that's that's twenty percent off because they're running their twenty percent off sale right now. So, uh, five fifty. All right, anyone want to give me five hundred bucks? I got a book <laughs> sitting right over there. Oh God, I gotta grade that shit. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, ungraded. They're selling it for that much. It's like okay. Wow. Hooray for me for picking up that book on a whim, right at Cloud City Comics. Eight years ago, or whenever I did that, whenever it came out. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Well, that was like when I picked up that up there. The uh, um, they had a half off. You know how we used to do half off. Even the graded books yeah. would do half off. Um, mm-hmm. I had picked up that Darth Vader three for sixty five right. bucks. It's like a four hundred dollar book now. I'm like, yeah. Oh, I just thought it was cool. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I haven't looked, but like. I know that, like we talked about last week, that the first issue of Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, yeah. is now a $40, $40 book, at yep. least, on like eBay and stuff. It's going for that. I have that. I also have the first uh, reboot issue of Booster Gold, and that's about to become a series. So mm-hmm. like that might be highly sought after, too. And you know, I just bought that at like a back issue for like four bucks or whatever, you know? I also have some really old Swamp things. I don't have, you know, number ones or anything, but I got some right. old Swamp some things. So I think those might be skyrocketing in value as well. Who knows? Um, anyway, that's wild. Thank you for telling me that I have an incredibly valuable book. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> that I should probably make sure it is... Um, secured you know, in some sort of plastic. Secured. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jesus Christ. All right. Um, other piece of comic uh, news: Marvel celebrating Nick Fury's 60th anniversary with a giant-sized one-shot. I feel like Nick Fury is a character that I wouldn't expect them to care about enough to give him an anniversary issue for some reason. But you know I, why they are? Why Secret, is that? Secret Invasion's dropping this year. Oh, sure, of course, of course. Yeah. I didn't think about that, but yep, yep. I got a hunch um, that's the only reason they're getting a a shout out. Like, yeah, because he's come to prominence because of the MCU. Right. Yeah. I miss I when I was reading oh sorry, I'll finish this. I guess that's from Al uh writer Al Ewing, um artists uh a few different artists, Scott Eaton, Tom Riley, Adam Kubert, and uh Ramon Ro- Rosanas. Uh each artist is gonna cover a different period in Fury's life with the uh through line being written by Al Ewing. Uh so kind of a cool 
a way to celebrate 60 years of Nick Fury. Um, but, uh, and that's cool. And I wonder if this is going to touch on like the old version of Nick Fury as well. Um, if listeners or watchers may be only familiar with Nick Fury being played by Samuel L. Jackson in the MCU, you should know that the original Nick Fury for 40 years Easy. was yeah. white. Yeah. Easily. Uh, this an old white dude. Um, cigar smoking, uh, gray templed grizzled white yep. dude. Uh, 1963 was his first appearance. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, 60 years. Um, I miss an MCU being led by Nick Fury. I think he's like kind of been sidelined a little bit and he's not really in control of the Avengers anymore. I miss him being like a big part and he's kind of shown up like, I think, I mean, he was in Captain Marvel He's even Spider-Man far from home, but in like a weird thing where it ended up yeah. not even really being him. I, I feel like I miss him being like in control of things and him being like a hub of, you know, here's what's going to happen. Avengers go, you know, you know right. I, I, I miss him being more involved and I hope that he is more involved moving forward. And well, maybe even getting like, Secret Wars. So hopefully that's oh, not yeah. Secret Invasion. Sorry. Secret, secret Invasion. Yeah. But anyway, that's my thoughts on Nick Fury. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it'll be fine. It yeah. seems weird that they're giving him a 60th, but hey, whatever. I mean, I think he's earned it, though. Like, I yeah. think even without Secret Invasion, I think he's a character that deserves a celebration because he's been around. He's been integral for so long, but he's always kind of been like a B or C level character. He's right. never been the X-Men. He's never been Spider-Man. He's never yeah, been I guess Hulk I usually only expect the the anniversary type stuff for the, the A-listers. Exactly, but. the A-listers, which is why I think it's cool that they're doing this for him, even yeah. though you're right. Now, as soon as you said, I was like, yeah, it's clearly to promote Secret Invasion, but, yeah. um, but worthy of it nonetheless, I think. Uh, this week at your local comic book store, we got Avengers Forever 14, Batgirls number 15, Batman Scooby-Doo Mysteries number 5. Um, my, which my you new started favorite, reading with your son. Yeah, my yeah. new favorite uh, comic book, apparently, or at least my son's. Um, <laughs> yeah. Had to read issues one through four many times at this point. So, yeah, it's great. Um, also, Batman reading Beyond- comic books to a five year old, not easy. No, it's not easy. You have to like point yeah. and make sure that they're following because, yeah, you have yeah, to be, I'm, like, like reading then- well, like pointing and then trying to half glance over at his eyes to make sure he's where I am. He's or- looking where I'm pointing. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then Batman said this. Right. Like it's kind of, yeah, you can't just read it like a book because it's, yeah, because they have to direct their eyes. Exactly. Anyway, uh, Batman Beyond the White Knight, number eight. Batman the Adventures Continue, the uh, Batman the Animated Series spinoff. Season three, issue two is out this week. Captain Marvel, number 46. Danger Street, number three. Dead Lucky, number six. Eight Billion Genies, number seven. Uh, If you don't pick this book up, I think you're crazy. Fantastic Four, number four. Come on. Come on. Fantastic Four, number four. Two fours. (laughs) What? Uh, Grimm, number eight, House of Slaughter, number 12, Hulk, number 12, Icon versus Hardware, number one, Invincible Iron Man, number three, Last Barbarians, number one, Marauders, number 11, Marvel's Voices, Wakanda Forever, number one, Mary Jane and Black Cat, number three, My Brother's Blood Machine, number three. Don't know what that's about. Cool title, though. Nightcrawlers, number one, Shirtless Bear Fighter 2, number seven, 
Spider-Man number five, Star Wars number 31, Swamp Thing, Green Hell number two. Steve, Green Hell number one came out over a year ago, and it was excellent. And I am stoked to finally read number two. I'm going to have to reread number one because I don't remember what happened, but I remember it was excellent. So Swamp Thing, Green Hell number two. Um, Honestly, maybe I'll just wait till there's a trade because I think three is probably coming out sooner than later. Anyway. Uh, Wasp number two, Wolverine number 30, and X-Men number 19. Woo! Steve, anything you're looking to pick up this week, or have you read anything this past week? Uh, I mean, Batman Scooby-Doo, of course. Uh, of course. Nightcrawlers. So, shit's getting weird in the X-Men pantheon. Getting? Getting. Uh, it ha- yes. has, hasn't been weird for at least 20 years? Yeah. No, this is even more so. Um, Mr. Sinister is in charge yep. of everything. And yeah. everything's a clone and everything's weird. And okay. Nightcrawlers is a book about um, Sinister's army of uh, genetically altered variants of Nightcrawler all mixed with various uh, mute, like your your normal high-profile mutants. Um Led by wow. Wagnerine, which, as you can imagine, is Kurt and Laura Wolverine. crossed. Well, oh yeah, wow. I think it'd be too weird for the the buddy cop duo to be the the cross. So I think they went with Laura. Wow. So yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's <laughs> I it, again. Like I said, now now do you understand why I said it got weird? <laughs> Yep. Because there sure was a do. level of weird we've been rolling at for the longest time, and it just went to 10. Wow, man. So, okay. Yeah. Are you so, going to pick that up? Uh, out of, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I well, have to, I feel like. Yeah. Like, since Let the Sinister know. One was, was good enough um, for me to continue reading it, um, I do like how they're portraying Sinister. So. Oh, good. It's a lot of a lot of these have been in his voice recently, and oh, cool. the it's hard to portray the thoughts of Mister Sinister. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, get that. a complete yeah crazy person that is also a genius and yeah manipulative genius yeah. right extremely old but also yeah weird yeah. Um, weird and wild yeah so. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll keep you updated on how that one is. Please do. Anything Please on your do. end? Um, I picked up a couple books this week. I haven't read them yet. The new uh, Batman. I ju- I read um, Flash seven ninety two, the uh, third part of mm-hmm. One Minute War. Yep. It's still really good. I like nice. it a lot. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, re-familiarizing myself with the Flash family. There's a lot of speedsters that I forgot about. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, that guy. Oh yeah, Max Mercury is a thing. Oh yeah, Jesse Quick. Like all these other like huh. you know. Flash spinoff. They're doing real good with the names. Like, let's just. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's great. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I mean, there's the Flash and the Flash and Kid Flash, and also Reverse Flash. Reverse Flash. (laughs) Yeah. Then they feel like we have too many with Flash in the name. We gotta like, what's what's something else that's quick? Mercury. Yeah, sure. Mac Mercury. How about just the word quick? Jesse Quick. Done. Impulse. Let's do Impulse. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. So a lot going on there. Um. But I like it a lot. It's a really cool story. Nice. 
Uh, I think that's all I read this week. Uh, as I mentioned last week, I'm doing uh, my yearly songwriting challenge where I write and record mm-hmm. 14 songs during the month of February. So that's been taking up most of my time. I Not can imagine time for oh, reading that, or that watching children of the black sun two came out last week and I picked it up and I have not read it, but oh, uh, cool, cool. that was that series I was saying was pretty solid. Like, yeah, hooked me, hooked me with the ultimate covers, the something's killed the children covers. And I was oh, able yeah, to get right, 28 right. and I haven't read it yet. So I uh, almost caught up on that, on something that's killing the children as well. So we're getting nice. there. Yeah. I still haven't, I have that, that, one uh, 28 of something is killing. I still haven't read. Yep. I got to get on that. It's in my pile, but just don't touch number one right now. <laughs> no, I'm never touching it again. <laughs> unless I send it out. That will not get uh, opened again to get graded. Clearly yeah. Jesus. Um, I feel like that would be wild if that's the most, I mean, I have some old books. If that's the most, I don't know that I have anything else that is close to that. So if that's the, the most expensive book that I own, I think that's wild because I only bought it a couple of years ago. I bought it four years ago or whatever. And, you know, I have Suicide Squad number one and I just got that for 50 bucks. There's no way that's $500. Wild. But it's also like it wasn't, it's a boom. It's a boom book. It's not a big studio. It's not one of the big two. So there's probably less copies of it were made, and they probably didn't really start pumping it into production until it got popular. Yeah, I'm trying to see. Uh, right now, yeah, nine six on eBay went for like four twenty eight. Jeez. So. Wow. Not bad. Okay. Okay. Like 9-0, 9-0, you're looking like 250 over the last year. So, Wow. Insane. All right. Uh, cool. Okay, we only got one one-shot uh, for tonight's episode. Uh, we know we've been talking about Marvel a whole lot, but this one-shot, DC News. And, you know, this DC News probably would have been in the regular rundown uh, in the last couple of weeks. But, uh, you know, we're talking about DC a lot, so we relegated it to one-shots tonight. This is pretty cool. Uh, more confirmation that um, previously announced DC Warner Brothers things are still happening. And this is one of these properties I thought of recently after the James Gunn announcement. I was like, oh, wait, when he was talking about that Elseworlds banner, he specifically mentioned Joker. He mentioned the Batman and he mentioned Teen Titans Go. He didn't mention anything else. And we assumed the Harley Quinn show. Yes, we assumed. Well, we got confirmation on Superman and Lois is going to continue. Two other things that are going to continue. The Kite Man series, the uh, Harley Quinn spinoff animated series, Kite Man, which I'm very excited about because I love the Harley Quinn series and Kite Man is a hilarious character in that show. That is still happening. Still happening. We talked about that when it was announced a year or so ago. It's animation and it takes a long time. But also, almost more shocking that this is still happening, Keanu Reeves' Constantine 2 still moving forward at Warner Brothers and will just be released under the DC Elseworlds banner. I think for Warner Brothers, that is smart. You've got a bankable star like Keanu Reeves making a sequel to a movie that has become a cult classic since it's been released. Um, I think it's smart of them to keep doing Constantine 2. I can't imagine they're going to get to Constantine 3. I can't imagine that we're going to get a different James Gunn DCU version of that character. You know, maybe even appearing in the Swamp Thing movie because he was originally appeared in Alan Moore's Swamp Thing run. It right. was his first appearance. So I mean, it makes it may... sense that we get... Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, maybe they keep going with the... If Constantine 2 does well, 
the beauty right. of Elseworlds is that they can just keep rolling that and then still have John Constantine show up somewhere else. Yeah, and also, like, Keanu Reeves, we've talked about this in the past, Keanu Reeves looks nothing like the, looks and acts nothing like the comic book version of John Constantine. So no. there would be little to no confusion between the two characters yeah. at all. It's not like you have two tall, dark, and handsome guys playing the same character and it's hard to tell them apart. One is Keanu Reeves. One, I mean, should be uh, crotchety old a, English dude. Yeah, like a crotchety blonde, uh, chain smoking English guy. Yep. So, John or uh, uh, Keanu Reeves is mostly none of those things. Right, and we so. just got Joanna Constantine too. Man, yeah, I would love more of her. I hope she. I thought I hope they work her into Sandman season two because yeah. I thought she was excellent. Absolutely. So and uh, that's all we got. That's all I got. Is that thoughts that you got, Steve? Yeah, good here. Uh, if you're watching us, then feel free to like, subscribe, uh, ring the bell to figure out when we're going live or upload a new video, and that'll let you know. Uh, if you're listening yeah. on the audio feeds, then subscribe to us. Uh, we talked about it earlier. Please do, and leave us a review. It'll help uh, help other people find us, help trick the computers into telling more people that we exist. And yeah, right. uh, yeah. Uh, other than that, I follow us on Twitter, our Multiverse RPT, the Multiverse Report on everything else, including Gmail and or a website. Dot com. That's right. Cool, cool. Well, that's all we got for tonight. So until next time, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the multiverse. <laughs>